the muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast. We have Caleb and Nate today, and we are going to be talking about Northwest hunting. So this is going to be hunting in states like Oregon, Idaho, Washington, and uh, there's some other ones like that. Basically, there's, there's special regulations that go with these states. And we actually had uh, a member of our community reach out saying that he wanted us to do a podcast on uh, Northwest muzzleloader hunt, hunting. So yep. different regulations, things to uh, that you need to bring and prepare because there's a lot of differences that go into it here. So um, this is going to be a little bit of a niche podcast, but uh, if you are in the Northwest, this is the one for you. So stay tuned. Um, so the first thing, let's go over like, you know, Oregon and Idaho have pretty similar rules. They're both open ignition, which means that uh, whether it's a percussion cap or whatever it is, has to be exposed to the elements mm-hmm. and has to be open sights and a full bore conical. So those are your regulations when it comes to I- Oregon and Idaho, which are kind of two of the main states. Uh, we'll talk about the other states as well. But uh, Washington requires open sights, but pretty much everything else is is good to go. Yeah, and, and there's still a lot of people who think that Washington is under the Northwest regulations, because at one point it was. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, it was Oregon, Idaho, and Washington who were the Northwest states. Mm-hmm. Well, Washington, like you said, now allows 209 primers. And yep. so really any bullet or powder primer combinations you want to use in Washington goes. Um, but you still have that open site rule where you can only use fiber optic sites or open sites. Um, so yeah, they, they actually changed up Washington quite a bit in the past few years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a, a lot of different types of hunts too. So like Oregon, um, the hunts here are a lot different than a lot of other states. Like here, mm-hmm. there's the Grand Ron whitetail hunt that, yeah. uh, that you hunted a couple years ago and then I drew for this year. So excited about being able to hunt that. Nice. But that's like a whitetail only tag. Yeah. Um, and so instead of a lot of the rifle tags are any buck or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, anything like that. Yeah. So. And it's a whitetail hair tag, which is different than like a whitetail buck tag or yeah. whitetail doe tags. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a lot of interesting differences in seasons and <laughs> yeah. things like that. But, um, why don't you talk a little bit about your experience on that season hunting here in Oregon? Uh, like what, what rifle did you use powder? And we can kind of just work from that specific combination mm-hmm. and progress from there. Sure. Yeah. So I use pirate X select. Um, obviously it gave me a, a little extra velocity for those of you that don't know, um, you know, burns a little bit hotter, a little bit faster. Um, if you can get over the smell, it's true (laughs) it's bad um but yeah uh works really well uh has good consistency to it uh i use the acura lr uh no sorry just the acura just the v2 yeah just the v2 Mm -hmm. yeah uh just use the acura v2 which is a fantastic um gun very consistent and has um just really good it's very accurate so I uh, yeah. had really good luck with that. And, yeah. you know, that combination was absolutely worth shooting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> had a really tight group with that. Um, also, for the sights, I chose to use the uh, Williams Precision um, sight that uh, came out. Was that two years ago now? I think so. Something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's just a really cool, unique, you know, globe sights have been out for a long, long time. Um, but this is kind of a cool take on it. It's got some BDC. It's got six different reticles you can put in it. Um, mm-hmm. So you can kind of customize it the way you want. 
mm-hmm. I didn't personally use the BDC reticle. I just uh, sighted it in a hundred yards and it, it was just lights out. I mean, that combination with the, the rifle, um, the powder and that sight was just really good for me. And I'm not obviously promoting that or saying that everybody's going to get that. It all comes down to how often you shoot yeah. and, mm-hmm. and what you're doing um, and just being proficient with what you have. But that worked out really well for me. Uh, I was successful that year and uh, yeah, just a lot of fun. So. Yeah. And uh, I know the Western precision sites are the ones we get a lot of calls on yes. and they are pretty much whenever we get them in, they sell out within a week or two. Yeah. I mean, they're mm-hmm. super exciting. So Caleb, why don't you talk a little bit more about those? Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't mind, I'd like to, to kind of dive into like the fiber optic differences and mm-hmm. then the yeah. the WPS and kind of the different um, offerings that we have. So, you know, most guns right now come equipped like that CVA traditions, Thompson Center, they will come equipped with fiber optic sites, which were great. You know, they, um, they don't glow per se, but when the sunlight hits them, they... They pop. light up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so if you're in um, like a low light scenario, you know, they do a, they do a fairly good job of, you know, creating the illusion that they're lit up. And mm-hmm. so you can yeah, shoot. a really good job. I use those yeah. for quite a bit before I switched to the oh, WPS. So. Absolutely. And the biggest thing to realize if you're shooting a hundred yards, um, you know, people are, like, oh, well the fur, the front fiber optics too big. It covers up the targets. Like you're mm-hmm. really only shooting between 25 and a hundred yards if if not less than that and so yeah, it's like yeah. you don't really need to reach out to the point where the the site is covering up the target and again that depends on how you set up your gun sure. i mean if you're holding that fiber optic site right on what you want to hit mm-hmm. i wouldn't necessarily recommend that you know i sight mine into where just you can just barely see the top of the fiber optic sure. that way it gives me a finer point of aim but yeah. yeah and so the wps came in um my Williams, which was just phenomenal. So it has the front globe site with the different reticles, like you were saying, and then a dedicated peep site on the back, which has a special height ramp. Um, so you don't run out of elevation when you're sighting it in with the globe site. And so the biggest benefit of the globe site for me is the, the reticles because they have those fine crosshairs. Mm -hmm. So instead of having this larger, um, fiber optic post, you're having this very, very fine crosshair. So realistically with the WPS, you can reach out to 150 yards. Well, for me personally, 150 mm-hmm. yards yeah, absolutely, confidently without covering up the target. Like you yeah. have that much openness, you have better target acquisition, um, and you're just not covering up the target near as much as you would with a post site. Yeah. And I will, <clears throat> sorry about that. I, I will, uh, I will say, you know, pros and cons to no matter what you're using, sure. there's going to be pros and cons. And with the Williams um, site, one of the cool things about it is when you're looking through it, because it's got the peep in the rear and the globe in the front, it's almost like you're looking through a um, non-magnified scope, mm-hmm, which sure. is really cool. Um, the crosshairs are a little bit darker, and so in low-light scenarios, it can be a little bit difficult mm-hmm. as well. So Yeah, and you can paint those with fluorescent paint. Now... There are some state regulations. I know that there are, I believe that, I believe that Oregon allows that. Um, and there's some other states mm-hmm. that allow the fluorescent paint. So just yeah. look into your, the, all these Western regulations are so diverse. There's all the states are yeah. completely different. And, and they're changing all the time. And they're always changing. Yeah. And so if like, if you're going to go out for a Northwest hunt, it is recommended to look up the rules. And we actually have a resource on our mm-hmm. website. If you go under our website and click articles, 
and then you search the articles, you can search by state. So if you're hunting in Idaho, you can type in Idaho. That's going to pull up all of yeah. the regulations and different hunts that are available. So you can check that out. So if you're like, I want a muzzleloader hunt in Idaho, I don't know what hunts are out there because sometimes the synopsis can be kind of difficult to navigate. Yeah. We have a nice, easy resource for you to, to use for that as well. So Oh, for sure. Definitely check that out. Um, and then as far as back to the, you know, the, the site situation, I I've used both and mm-hmm. I am in agreement with you guys, both of the, the, the Western precision site is really nice. And with that, that kind of begs the question of how far is your recommended range? I should say, because we all know like the accurate LR for instance, which can be converted to Northwest, um, with its, you know, two nine configuration, all that stuff. Um, it was able to shoot, you know, 300 yards accurately to the point mm-hmm. where it could take down animals. Um, but when you're in a Northwest situation, you're using at best a musket cap ignition. Yep. Um, if we're Oregon and Idaho and you're using, you know, less powder. So you're getting these different, uh, different things that are going to hinder and affect the effective range. So Caleb, in, in your experience, what is the recommended range that you'd you'd say you're you're safe at that distance to try and take an animal oh for sure um i usually tend to recommend anywhere less than 100 yards because because mm. really with the powder there are, there are different variables when it comes to powder um bullets and and primers that can limit your range somewhat but the biggest thing is competency when shooting yeah like again you're only shooting 100 yards with open sights like mm-hmm. it's not or most of the time it's not safe to, well, I'm going to try to shoot this elk or deer at 200 yards with open sights. It's like, yeah. you're just, you're just, just not upping ethical. the risk. It's not ethical. You're upping mm-hmm. the risk of maiming the animal, just not, not really being a safe hunter at that point. Um, and so open sights really for me, less than a hundred yards is going to be my, my standard. Yeah. And I think it is going to depend on the hunter. Yes, if yes somebody is, absolutely. I mean, if you're shooting lights out at 200, then that's really up to your discretion. Yeah. But I would not suggest just going out and saying, oh, I can take a 200-yard shot, you know, because it's going to be a lot different, and the velocities are going to be different and everything. So, uh, And open sights are tough. I mean, it's tough yeah. to, you know, be super accurate at that distance with open sights, um, especially if you wear glasses like I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and I was uh, going to interject on that too and say, you know, again, it's really, if you're just an avid muzzleloader hunter and you're confident with what you're using, I would never really suggest a 200 yard shot with like a, a fiber optic sight sure. or something like that. But yeah. with the WPS, uh, you know, the Williams Precision Sight, I would say a 200 yard shot with someone who shoots a lot and mm-hmm. is really confident at that range again shoots a lot yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you want to make sure that you're holding a good group at that distance because uh, i mean if you're if you're able to sh- you know hold a good group then you're probably good to go but just you know be, make that good judgment yeah. call absolutely be an ethical hunter. yes and my recommendation was for generalized yeah yep. if i was just don't know your experience this is what i'd yep. recommend the more you spend with your gun and if you've developed a bunch of different loads, then yeah, by all means, if you have the confidence to shoot out that far, then go for it. Any farther than that, though, because like that is a question that we receive is like, mm-hmm. how, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. What's the farthest I can shoot? I mean, that's it's really a gray area, but 200 yards, if you're well practiced, is yeah. pretty far shot. I mean, I've taken people hunting a lot for muzzleloader hunting, um, even more so than I've been out myself, probably. And seeing people miss it 25 yards with a muzzleloader yeah. on an open yeah, site, you exactly. know, it's like, 
And these are people that were like, oh yeah, I'm confident. I'm confident. Okay, well, let's go hunting then. And then I take them out hunting and they miss a 25 yard shot at a deer standing broadside, not Mm -hmm. moving on an offhand shot. And I'm just like, oh. That that does pull up the question too of like, was it entirely the accuracy of the shooter? Like there's Mm -hmm. so many variables with muzzleloaders, you know, depending on what powder you're using, if you're just not familiar with that specific bullet powder load. Yeah. So with those uncertainties in mind, then yeah, also make, should I be shooting this far? Cause what if, you know, one of those weird black powder scenarios pops up and I don't know where the bullet went, Mm -hmm. you know, so that, that's a very good point. Yeah. And a lot of this is going to apply specifically to inlines. If you're Mm -hmm. hunting with a side lock of any kind, um, obviously your maximum range is going to be different. You're going to yeah, have sure. a yeah. lot of differences and stuff. Um, but this is going to mainly focus on inlines and maybe we'll do another one that's strictly like traditional hunting and things like that. But, um, like Caleb was saying, the inconsistencies of muzzle loading are what using inlines tries to negate. Mm-hmm. And so what are ways like, you know, whether it's the powder or percussion cap combos, what are ways that you can negate that risk? Well, that's, that's what I was going to actually point towards is making sure you have the right primer or cap that you know is going to efficiently ignite your powder because mm-hmm. hang fires, misfires, uh, oftentimes with people using um, like a musket cap with like pelletized powder, for example, the combo wasn't there. Yeah. Um, or it's like, hey, I just bought this bullet that I've never used before, but I wanted to try it out and it's they go the, right into hunting. Yeah, it's it's like, the same weight as the last bullet I was using. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> you, you have to put in the time at the range to know how your specific charge, your specific bullet, whatever is going to react together. Um, Cause if you're like, Oh, I have, I bought this muzzleloader a week ago. My hunt is next week. It's like, okay, well you're probably going to run into variables that you didn't even think of because you haven't put yep. in the time to go to the range, develop your load by what powder primer works for you and get a lot of problems that You're way. probably not going to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That comes back to what we've been saying all year long is put the time in now because yeah. especially with the back orders and the supply yes. chain issues, you want to make sure you have as much time as possible to put that preparation in, even in a normal year, but especially now. Mm-hmm. Even if you put in for a muzzleloader tag and you're not sure you're going to get it, just spend the time shooting your muzzleloader. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not going to hurt. No. Yeah, and I know, Caleb, there's different types of of percussion caps and uh, powders and things like that. It's like Nate was talking about the Pyrodex Select that he yes. uses. What are the different percussion caps that are recommended? And let's talk specifically musket caps. Um, we can yeah. also throw some number 11s in there too. Yeah. So a lot of the modern inline Northwest guns that you see have all transitioned over to the musket caps, which are bigger and hotter than a traditional number 11 cap. Mm-hmm. Hence why they've made that change. Um, and so as far as like the best brands that the manufacturers recommend and as well as personal use, um, RWS is the brand I would go with. Yeah. They make their 1081 four flange musket cap. And by far that has been the um, best rated cap that I've heard from other customers and I've had tremendous results in um, accuracy or good accuracy, good performance and good ignition with those Mm -hmm. two. Yeah. And and always keep in mind when you're using a musket cap, there's going to be less consistency than with a 209 or large rifle because it is just, you're not able to achieve that same temperature. Um, It's going to be less Mm -hmm. consistent, but the RWS also the shoots in, uh, are, are work really well. Um, but the one thing to keep in mind, if you're looking at different musket caps, is there some that are specifically designated for 
reenacting purposes. Mm-hmm. And so you want to stay away from those because they're not designed to ignite a hunting charge. They're meant for reenacting purposes. So um, just kind of keep that in mind when you're looking at, at percussion caps. So, mm-hmm. and then different types of powder too. Nate, I don't know what, what types of powder have, have you experimented with? Which ones do you kind of settle on? Yeah. So I've used the, I've used the double F I've used the triple F and the Pyrodex select. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones I've messed around with. I've had really good consistency with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really my main reason to go with the Pyrodex select, um, Again, the smell is horrid. Uh, I probably have, <laughs> it's probably worse for me just because I really have an aversion to that smell. Mm. Like, I just, do I, not. I think that's a part of the charm. I think <laughs> that's like, that's, it smells like black powder. That's black powder. I, I don't smell. feel like it smells like <laughs> yeah. black powder. I smell, I, yeah, I think it smells horrid. Like, I almost <laughs> threw up cleaning it in my Ooh. house one day. I have to clean it outside. It's that bad. But, yeah. <laughs> but either way, um, yeah, I've had really good consistency with all of them. Um, my main reason for going with the Pyrodex Select is just velocity. You know, I want to make sure I get sure. That, that extra velocity to make a good ethical, um, you know, harvest and uh yeah that's my main main reasoning there um and obviously i've shot some um pellets as well just for fun not mm-hmm. for hunting purposes because we can't hear um mm-hmm. yeah and you know probably haven't played around with that as much as i would like to but i will at some point yeah we we do a lot of that kind of stuff at our range days mm-hmm. um just to, for our knowledge purposes but for hunting in the northwest unfortunately a lot a lot of places you can't use pellets um, and then I guess that leads us kind of into our, uh, our bullets section of this. Um, so we talked a little bit about, you know, bullet regulations and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what are some good recommended bullets for these different states? Yeah. And oftentimes in the West, you'll find that a lot of states have extremely similar regulations. The only thing that differs is the bullets in particular. Idaho, you can only use a pure lead but it doesn't really matter about the plastics on them. But Oregon, you stated full copper, which is true, but you can also use lead bullets in Oregon as mm-hmm. well. So it's not limited to copper bullets. I, I believe the the exact regulation is a lead bullet or a federally approved non-toxic alloy, which copper yeah. falls under. So, <laughs> yeah. so you can use copper bullets as well as lead in Oregon. Just no plastic. Yeah. Just no plastic no in plastic. Oregon. Yep. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Um, and so what are some different bullets that are you know because i know in idaho like mm. the power belt pure leads are really good um they create that good yeah. gas seal what are some good ones for like oregon washington like say somebody lives in oregon but they want to hunt washington they want to try and hunt california they want to hunt these different states yeah what are some bullets they could use that are going to be legal across the board as far as bullets that for the three states that you mentioned i i think the thor bullets are the the really standout bullet to use mm-hmm. as long as you're using the hollow point variant it's 100 copper you can use it in oregon but you can use it in every other state too with the exception of idaho um but all those other states yeah you can you can get the like the 300 equivalent or the 250 grain equivalent so you can hunt yeah. deer and elk all over the west with those thor bullets yeah, and they have the hollow point version, so they're yep. legal in Oregon and all mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, and a couple different grades. You got them in the two forty-seven, the two ninety-seven, mm-hmm. um, depending on which weight you want and, and what you're hunting. Uh, yeah, and those are bore specific. I think we've talked about those before in mm-hmm. some other podcasts, yeah. but yeah, fantastic, and um, just had really good consistency with them in everything that we've shot them in as well. So. Yeah, they work really well, and if you're hunting Washington specifically, mm-hmm. there's really not that many. I don't think there's no. any bullet regulations. You can use really any bullet you'd nope. like. 
Um, but it's like if you're wanting to cross over, and if you're wanting to cross over, that also begs the question is if you want to use 209 in Washington, but you have the open ignition regulations mm-hmm. in Oregon, what muzzleloaders make it easy to do that conversion? Because I know there are some that don't allow it at all. Sure. Well, CVA and Traditions both make offerings that are convertible between 209 and Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, CVA, I would say, is a little easier because you can take any Northwest, any 209 ignition. Um, they have a quick release breech plug conversion kit um, in the Northwest and the 209, so you can swap either or. Um, with the Traditions guns, you have to be careful because only the Buck Stalker and the Pursuit models are convertible. But I think you have to get the Northwest version first. Those can be converted to 209, but not vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned that in a previous podcast. You can't convert a, a Traditions Buckstalker or Pursuit 209 back to a Northwest. Yeah. It's only the Northwest 209. Yeah. yeah, and I will say on the CVA, uh, I mean, when you get that conversion kit, mm-hmm. you don't want to just use that conversion kit for a bunch of different guns. Make sure mm-hmm. you buy a conversion kit for each one because once you've mm-hmm. used that breech plug on that sure. gun, it's kind of set up yeah. for that yep. specific gun. So Exactly, yeah. And uh, so what are, I guess, there because the I think most of the Acuras, uh, the Acuras are able to, the Optima, the Wolf, and the Pursuit, um, is there any chance that the regulations change? You know, because like you said, we saw Washington change. So if somebody lives in Oregon, you probably are going to want to lean towards purchasing one that is able to be converted, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, just because you want to have the option, the flexibility to change over if you if that sure. happens and that rule changes. Yeah. So, um, and like we said before, the rules are constantly changing. So before you go on a hunt this year or next year, um, always just make sure you check out the rules, make sure there's nothing happening that's that's changed or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, they've been talking about 209 primers being a thing in Oregon for as long as I can remember, and I've just pretty much lost any hope in that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, it could happen. Yeah. yeah, I'm not putting a lot of faith in it. I, I think point. the last regulation in Oregon that changed was um, there used to be a reg where the bullets, the length of the bullet couldn't be more than twice the width of the bullet. Mm-hmm. And so that limited you on using heavier bullets like the Thors, for example. You couldn't use the 297 grains, even though they were hollow point. So Oregon got rid of that. So now it doesn't matter the length of the bullet. Um, mm-hmm. You can use the 300 Thors, and so that that was helpful. Was that the latest one? Because th- that's the I, one the that fiber optic thing was big. Like everybody, knew as about far as that. one that affected yep. me, oh, gotcha. with what I do, that was the biggest one. The gotcha. bullet regs, but yeah, yeah the yeah. fiber optic. Because uh, yeah, having fiber optics, everybody was super excited about that when yeah. we could finally have fiber optics. On but that was windows. that's been a while ago. It's, it was a while. Yeah, the bullet reg was just like last year. Oh, yeah. That's why we're able to sell the two ninety seven Thors and recommend them to Oregon hunters because you can use them now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is, I know that we've talked about in previous podcasts, the uh, short range weapon seasons Mm -hmm. versus muzzleloader seasons and things like that. So um, in like Idaho has a short range weapon season. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference between that? Um, Because in that short range weapon season, you can use pelletized powder, you can use different types of bullets and things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like a designated muzzleloader Mm -hmm. season. So uh, what are some of the, the differences there? If if I'm not mistaken, is is it you can use the 209 ignition in the the small rifle season? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So it's, if it's short range, I believe you can use you could do archery, you can yep. do muzzle loader, pistol, um, pistol. So like anything that's a close range weapon. But if you're going to use a muzzle loader, you don't have those same uh, regulations. Yeah. So. Sure. Yep. Yeah. You can use if uh, I'm pretty sure you can use the Thor bullets. You can use uh, a- anything you could use um, 
normally you can use a scope you can use mm -hmm. um yeah you mean normally during like a rifle season right yeah like anything you, you could anything you can use, use in a rifle season, season a rifle you can season use on instead your of having those yeah. muzzle loader regulations sure. yeah. as long as it loads from the muzzle correct yeah, yeah. um so you couldn't use a rifle but you sure. could yeah. use yeah. Yeah, yeah like the it'd be pretty much like the states that don't have those muzzle loader regulations so yeah. um that's definitely something worth noting one other, one other thing to think about is what type of accessories you're going to be taking too, because depending on whether you're using looser pelletized or, you know, copper bullets, lead bullets, there there can be some accessories that you you pack along that are specific mm -hmm. to Northwest hunting. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's pertinent to to bring those up and, and chat a little bit, bit about it together. So yeah, cappers are a big one that comes to mind yeah. because if you're using percussion caps, you want to make sure you have something that's going to give you the extra leverage to get it firmly on the nipple. yeah yeah i've had so many times where hey my my musket cap isn't seating fully it's like if there's any swarm of grime or dirt that is stuck on the nipple when you're trying to install it that can bind up your cap like crazy so yeah. having a capper gives you that extra leverage i would also say make sure you have some sort of brush or like they make those metal toothbrushes that you can mm -hmm. really, you know, get inside your breech plug, clean around that that musket or number eleven nipple, mm -hmm. and it just is a lifesaver out in the field. Yeah, I'd say in this specific thing, um, I've anything that can happen has happened to me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I kind of carry a lot of stuff now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the speed loaders, like the four in one uh, muzzleloader.com speed loaders, mm -hmm. are essential. Um, man, just having that follow up shot and being able to reload just quickly especially in Oregon mm -hmm. where we have to have loose powder you know there's quite a bit entailed to that you know you got to dump your powder and you got to get your uh, bullet in there and then you got to start it and then you got to have your percussion cap on mm -hmm. the other side you know there's just and then make sure you got it fully seated and you know there's just a lot that goes in 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 with that um also having a you know nipple pick in case yeah. um you have a some fouling in your your nipple that it gets stuck and then you can't shoot you get a hang mm -hmm. fire or yeah. no fire um extra nipples you know something i never thought i'd mm. carry if, if i got a can't just cannot get that obstruction out of my nipple just throw a new nipple pick or yeah. a new nipple in there so then you need a nipple <clears> wrench <throat> yep, would be nipple one. wrench yeah, they and go. they make the like our muzzleloader's nipple wrench has the nipple pick and yep. nipple wrench all in one tool so it's less things you have to carry because that's mm -hmm. always the battle is finding less things that mm -hmm. you need to carry while still having everything that you and, need and lightweight you know the mm -hmm. those are like this big they're light they're yeah. you know you don't want to um you know there was a time where i had to carry was my head of vortex um back in the day in fact i think i still have it actually but you have to have that <laughs> That piece you can of have metal. so many guns, it's hard to keep track of <laughs> yeah. what you have. First one problems. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, the, the tool was this long and mm -hmm. this big around, and it was heavy, you know, yeah. just to get the breech plug out because yeah. it's not like the new quick breech plugs. It was way up in there, and yeah. you had to put it in there, and then there's another piece of metal that goes in the end and that on that bar. <laughs> it's like a big socket. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's something Traditions does really well now is their yeah. breech plugs are like, what, three or four turns? Yeah, their accelerator breech there. plug is three rotations. And yeah. It really yeah. spoils you nowadays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this yeah. was back in the day, you know. Yeah. Back in the day, I had a, a CVA buckhorn, and that was like a plunger-style <laughs> muzzleloader. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but it's amazing to see that you look at that. Now you have like the accurate LRX and the Paramount mm -hmm. and things like yeah. that. It's amazing to see how far it's come. Yeah. Um, But uh, as far as other like supplies you want that are – 
specific to Northwest. I mean, you want to have a way to measure your powder. Yeah. Um, you know, powder measure, powder storage. So like a flask. I actually really like the little the caps that you screw onto your bottle of powder. Mm-hmm. And those have a cap on it that you can just throw in your backpack and you can open it up and it funnels right uh, in powder there, so. funnel that yeah, yeah screws on and basically converts your whatever powder container you have into a powder flask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a little bit cheaper and you just slap them onto your whatever powder bottle you're using. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we probably didn't cover too is caliber specific, uh, depending on state as well. Yeah. Uh, there's caliber restrictions, yeah. which is another whole yeah. <laughs> can of worms. Exactly. <laughs> um, in general with 50 caliber, you're safe yeah. pretty much everywhere. Um, if you want to use something smaller than that, you have to go to your regulations yep. because yeah. there's so many different regulations depending on the state. Like I think Oregon is like forty caliber minimum for deer, um, but then the elk the elk one's different, you know. And so it's yeah. like with fifty caliber, yeah. to my knowledge, you're safe, you're safe. pretty much everywhere yep, to for hunt sure. elk or yeah. deer. Um, so if you're hunting in the Northwest, I usually just recommend getting fifty caliber, absolutely, for a lot of reasons. One of them being it's just easy to find stuff for yeah. them. And then two, you're safe to hunt elk or deer in pretty much every state. So and and 50 cal has been around. Well, it was normalized after 2010, mm-hmm. and so there's still a lot of bullet options. Well, Thor bullets, for example, are only made in 50 cal. Yep. Yeah. And so it, if you're hunting in Oregon, that's probably what I would recommend anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and 50 cal, you know, full bore conical bullet is that's you're just still going to pack some good punch. You might not get the same velocity as a smaller caliber, mm-hmm. but you make up for it in just just raw, you know density of the bullet really so yeah Yeah, this is probably the first year i would ever say that in oregon we have an advantage you can't get 209 primers anywhere but you you can still find musket caps well and and we've actually had people not in the northwest by northwest guns specifically because hey i can get musket caps i can go hunting i'll convert it later you know so yeah that's a really good point yeah that's always a good option And, and like the guns are more easily available too because there's less yeah. demand you know yeah. there's, you have two states that require it versus for sure 48 you know and so um definitely that's that's true i never thought about that <laughs> um, yeah and you know one other thing i did want to talk about too is uh we haven't talked about colorado specifically mm-hmm. um and colorado is one of the more popular states to hunt yes uh and so i didn't want to bring that up because they have some interesting rules where you can't use pelletized powder and it's open sites, but you can use 209 ignition. So there's just some different things going mm-hmm. on there. So Caleb, why don't you go ahead and just dive right into that? Yeah. So um, Colorado, I would say, is probably one of the, if not the most sought after hunting states. Yeah. We get so many people east, west, everywhere in between. Hey, I got this Colorado hunt to, you know, help me out what I need because yeah. there are a lot of tricky uh, regulations. So, so you mentioned one, you cannot have pelletized powder so it's only loose powder mm-hmm. um you cannot have any sabos so it's only full bore conical bullets there yep. um there's a lot of caliber restrictions i know for elk you have to have 50 caliber for elk mm-hmm. um that's why you're seeing a lot of options like the paramount pro um they make a 50 caliber version and they call it the colorado, the colorado version. Yeah. yeah um and so you know i think those are the big three um and oh no optics you have to have open sights so Mm -hmm. that's why again the paramount pro 50 cal has kind of a version of the western precision sight set on it already yeah um but that that's basically it um i know that's why a lot of people go for blackhorn because they're like hey i have a 209 ignition and i have to use loose powder 
Blackhorn 209 is mm-hmm. the obvious choice. It's just yeah. really hard to find right now. Yeah. But that's why it's so highly sought after for for Colorado hunting. Yeah. And Colorado is, I mean, it has one of the densest elk populations. Yeah. It's very desirable elk hunting location. I mean, mule deer, it's just a great hunting spot. And people will put in for a long time and, you know, they, it's just a great place to hunt. Yeah. And so when you go there, you want to make sure you have all your ducks in a row. And so, um, or your elk. All your elk in a yeah. row. Yeah, all, all your bucks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> all your bucks in a row. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Colorado is definitely one that's a little bit tricky. And Caleb, I mean, like, we're, as we're going through all these regulations, yeah. it is so tough to keep them all straight oh, in yeah. your mind. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's yeah. so many. So, I honestly, if, if you are living in one of these specific states, definitely look into the regulations. And look at the ones for your state because it's easy to, like, look at all these different ones and say, oh, I think – there's something about this and and then you mm-hmm. do something you just want to look at the ones for your state and have that all yeah. ironed out so and and feel free like like you mentioned give me a call i'm well versed well i say i'm well versed <laughs> in like the colorado regs the northwest regs but yeah. like you said the regs change all the time so mm-hmm. don't you know take whatever i say with a grain of salt do the research for yourself because you don't know if like oh they changed something hyper specific about oh um buck deer hunting in this specific set of counties you know it gets it can get as detailed as that so yeah but, definitely but put we, it in research yeah absolutely but and you know obviously we we're here for you that's yes. yeah that's what we're here for that's why we do what we do every day is to help you guys out as customers mm-hmm. we care about every single one of our customers there is no ifs ands or buts yeah if you need to call and have a hour-long conversation with one of our customer service people and we go through the regs with you and we pull them up on the internet for you sure know, that's we'll do that we want I've done that. Yeah, we, we've done <laughs> that. You know, we, that's what we're here for. We want to help yeah. you out. Yeah, so give sure. us a call. Let's let's hash it out and yeah, to figure out the regs together. Yeah, and um, along that same line, like if you have something you want us to talk about on the podcast, let us know yes. that too. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, we come up with our own ideas and things that would be good. You know, we think would be good. But like this whole podcast was by the request of somebody who wanted to hear about it. Yeah. So. Um, if there's something you really want to hear about, let us know. We want to make sure that we're meeting your needs. I mean, that's the whole point of everything that we're doing here. So, yeah. So I think that, uh, and, and, you know, to kind of nutshell everything hunting in Northwest is extremely complicated. Hopefully this gives you like a little place to start. I will link our articles page Mm -hmm. in the website or in the, in the YouTube section. So if you're watching on YouTube and you want to know what your regulations are, click on that and then you can check it out for yourself. Um, hopefully this gives you a little place to start with the bullets, you know, other things that you need. And, uh, obviously if you have any questions, give Caleb a call and he will, he, he can look everything up in an instance. So, uh, he'll be happy to help you out. So anyways, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope this was helpful for you. Thank you guys for joining me and, yeah. uh, remember shoot straight, shoot off and have a blessed week, everybody.